0: There we go. We're going to continue on today in a series we're doing called Go Eat Popcorn. And uh, I called it that so you would remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. These four letters that Paul writes to the churches are extremely important to us to understand. They're filled with foundational truths about this amazing life for us to have now and forever, full and abundant, and all that that means. And in Ephesians in particular, he's talking to us about our identity, um, who we are in Christ, uh, who we are individually, who we are corporately as the church. Remember, I said this last week, and it's, it's worth repeating. um you're the church. Together we're the church. We often think, oh, I'm going to church today, and we sort of confuse the facility with the church. Um, this is the church facility, ours. Um, but, but you're the church. So, and, and not only are you the church when you're here corporately, you're the church when you leave individually in the world around us. It's you. You're the church. And it's important, I think, that you get a hold of that because taking that in does impact the way that we live in the world around us that we're not just kind of wandering around we are the church and we have mission and we have purpose and we're on this amazing adventure that God has given us so that's where we're at that's the intro transition always a bad joke or two and then we're going to move into Ephesians 4 so these are very bad I'm very excited for you to hear them my great uncle Albert he, he wasn't feeling very well so he went to his homeopathic doctor and they completely covered his back with lard and after that He went downhill pretty fast. That's an awesome joke. (laughs) The police can't find the thief who's been stealing uh, futons from different stores in town. I I think he's laying low. No? No. I (laughs) I have a friend who always wanted to be a Gregorian monk. But he never got the chance. Oh, come on! That's gold. There, they chant. chant. Ah! I don't like having to explain those. Alice, this isn't a joke. This, last night after church, I went home and we were getting ready to go to sleep, and I thought she said something. So I said, "What?" And she said, "What?" And I said, what? And she said, what? And (laughs) This is so funny to me because if you remember last week, I said 90% of marriage is shouting what from another room. And it was real life. And finally she said to me, who said the original what? (laughs) I don't know. So we just went. We don't even know if there was a what, but (sighs) that's our life. Scripture reading Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 and following. So I tell you this. And insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him. Uh, In accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And blessed be the word of the Lord really want to sort of focus in today on the, the last three verses that I just read to you. So point number one in your notes is this out with the old. And in with the new out with the old in with the new let me read those last three verses to you again verse 22 you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, Paul is painting this great picture there. And, you know, for us, it's it's reality. You know, he must increase. We must decrease. I, I want more of him and less of me. And, and so I want to talk uh, with you today about the old self. And, and you, you may, in your translation, it may be the, the old man or the old nature. But um, those are the things that we need to talk about. And the new self and the, the new man, the new nature, and what's going on in the process. So that, that old self, if you would. It's all those that old bundle of attitudes and emotions and practices that that I used to be before I came to know Jesus, Um, that that when Jesus rescued me from darkness and brought me into light, when I came and gave my life to him in faith, um, I began to live in him. So my old self is all that I used to be before I knew Jesus. The new self. Is, is the new bundle of attitudes and emotions and practices that Jesus has um, called us to become as we live in him. So we have to take off the old person, in effect, and put on the new person. Now, it, it seems to me... Easier if Paul just came out and said, "Okay, so um, here's what you need to do: uh, take off the old stuff, stop those bad habits, stop those bad practices, and here's the new ones that you need to do. And here they are for you. And just sort of list them out for us. These are the things that you need to do. Uh, and I think we would we would probably approach that thinking that's easier." But the problem is, that's not how it happens in Christ. See, that's the way it happens in legalism. The rules are set up and you follow them, but they don't bring life. But we're to be changed differently. We're changed by grace through faith. We're we're changed in a different manner altogether. We're changed as we yield to the Holy Spirit. And it's a process that takes time. It happens throughout our lives. And, And some things, I think, when you come to Christ, change fairly quickly. And other things take your whole life. Oh, and, and maybe, you, you know, don't quite catch up until you're with Jesus. I don't know. Then they're all done. But I was thinking, when I came to um, know Jesus, so that was a long time ago, 1985, and um, I, I was a different person, no, no doubt about it, in so many ways. Um, in a lot of ways, my life was very dark. I was into drugs, and I worked nights, and, and that was sort of my life, and when I came to Christ... It changed, uh, and uh, it changed, you know, pretty remarkably in some ways. The compulsion for drugs was taken away from me. Uh, there, I'm, I'm glad for that. I know that doesn't happen that way for everybody, but that was my experience. And things began to change in my life. Now, uh, you know, it would be great, I think, if everything had changed. You know, at that one moment, wouldn't it be great if if, if there was no more issues in my life? And and in fact, for a, a few years, I thought that I had, you know, all, everything was already accomplished. And then and then I came to realize that hadn't happened. <laughs> Lots of people let me know you have not arrived yet. And so... But I realized that it was significant. And so change happens. Sometimes it's a lot and then sometimes it takes time. But change happens. We were laughing, Alice and I was talking to her about that and when I so when I first came to know Jesus, I was running a nightclub. And that's what I did. I attended a bar, ran nightclubs, did some disc jockeying, did all those things in in that setting. And um and so I I'd been, you know, saved, but I was still there. It was my job. I didn't didn't know what else to do at that point in time. And and so I would do little things like uh, on the big screen TVs, I would put the seven hundred club on. <laughs> That was not a big favorite at the bar. <laughs> if I was mixing music, sometimes I'd to try and mix in some Striper, <laughs> which is a really old Christian rock band, and uh, and it didn't work. Anyway. But but you you get the the, the process, so it's change, right? And so so we're in change. And so Paul uses a picture, uses an illustration. It's about taking the the old sort of clothing off and putting the new clothing on. But it's not clothing that you made for yourself, yourself. It's clothing that he made for you. It's his righteousness that you're putting on. And that's the picture that he wants us to have. And I think it's a picture that's really important for us to know what we're doing in this life. It's about taking off the old and putting on the new and how we're to press through that. On this journey that he takes us to, and so you know, as I said, it's some people think that that Christianity perhaps is a like a, a moral self-improvement course, but but it's not. You you don't just sign up and then work hard to change yourself. That's legalism, not grace. It's about coming, yielding to the Spirit, and having relationship with Him. It takes time. God's interested in us relating to Him. See, not just following rules. He wants us to engage with Him in relationship. It's a it's a personal connection that He wants us to have. That reminded me of this story too. So I had somebody tell me this story. It's a great story. And and uh, lady came to me and she said, "Here, you got to hear this story." Years ago, she said, "I was uh, applying for a job at a Christian school," and and she said, "Because I'm a teacher and I, I wanted to teach, but there wasn't any jobs, and I needed this job, and but I wasn't a Christian," and. Uh, And she said, but I I went ahead and applied anyway. And they were asking all these questions. And it it came to this question. The question was, um, you know, describe your relationship with God. And and what she wrote down was, it's personal. What she meant was, none of your business. (laughs) But when they read it and they said, oh, she has a personal relationship with God. So they hired her. What's cool, though, is as she was preparing her lessons for that job, uh, before she ever started it, she got saved. So just preparing the lessons led her to Jesus. So that's very, it's cool the way it worked out. But isn't that great? The whole thing is personal. None of your business. And then, Oh, it's, look, personal. Words have a lot of meaning depending on how you say them, I guess. So we need to be, this change needs to happen. Now, we need to be made new. That's point number two. That's what Paul talks about. So we've got to be aware of this picture, the old and the new. We need to be made new. Uh, Romans 12 two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So our minds need to be made new. They need to be renewed again. This isn't about living by a bunch of rules about what Christians are supposed to do and and not do. This transformation takes place as we yield to the spirit and live for God. And, and I want to say this too because I, I think sometimes people get stuck because they see this journey, it's a grace journey, right? It's not a rule journey. But too many people want to make it a rule journey because it just seems easier. But when we're just rule followers, um, we, we end up being pretty mean people and kind of critical and judgmental everybody else that's not following the rules the way we think. But this walk with Christ, it's a grace journey, see? And that doesn't mean that we go and do whatever we want to do. That's, he said that's not it at all. If, you, if that's your thought on grace, you're missing it. This, this idea of, of yielding to the Spirit and living by doing the next right thing this is the absolute best life that there is. See, that's a life that has meaning and purpose. That's a life that has real joy in it. That's the place where you have fun and you experience the abundant life in ways that you, beyond what you can imagine. And that's what he's calling us to. And so we have to realize that, that putting on this, this new clothing that he's given us is the best way to go. The, the old stuff, you know, sort of has to go, but we need the new stuff, but things need to be made new. In us, we need to be made new in the process, and it has a lot to do with our minds. how we think. point number three: the attitude of our minds so what 's wrong with my mind uh, that it needs to be renewed and here 's the thing um, your, ad, your mind has an attitude that verse ephesians four twenty three to be made new in the attitude of your minds in, in the new American standard it says you be renewed in the spirit of your minds. But the spirit of your mind or attitude, it's a, it's a mindset. So, so, your, your, your brain, your mind is not just a computer that only processes information. It has a viewpoint. And that viewpoint has been developed over a long period of time. Your, uh, the way that you look at things, you've learned it since you were little. And so, sometimes some things got in there that weren't good. Um, people spoke into you things perhaps that uh, and these were people that you sort of unconditionally allowed to speak into you and they said things to you which weren't true or weren't kind and they bothered people for years like you're not good enough or you're never going to make it or whatever and they took that in truth when in fact it wasn't so all those things that have happened over time need to be evaluated they need to be checked. We have these filters that we're processing through that might not be what they should be. And and so we evaluate all those things by the word, certainly. And, and over time, as we continue to learn and grow in him and by asking questions like, well, you know, what does God really think about that? Because uh, sometimes you, you understand we can get set in a certain way of doing things. And we we stick there instead of kind of questioning, is this always how we're supposed to do it? And we don't sort of go through with God on that. And how do you think about this? And and, you know, we we sort of need to be doing that all the time. I was laughing earlier. If you ever see me during the week, I I, talking about clothing. So I have a T-shirt that I wear. So let me clear it. I have one type of T-shirt. I have 10 of them at least. Uh because I said I wear this one t-shirt every day and I was like don't tell him that they'll make it sound like I never do laundry or anything so I have 10 t-shirts that are exactly the same and pretty much every day that's what I wear during the week I get up I same kind of shorts I have two or three pairs of shorts and uh put on the shorts and a t-shirt and and some sneakers or something I dress that way every day until the weekend comes and then Alice picks out my clothes for me and uh and I put these on and I do. I do the weekend so um, I can sort of get stuck in that one way. of Not that it's wrong, but that's what I do all the time. And then, you know, I had that. But it's not always the right thing. Sometimes I need to put on different clothes. I need to put on the new clothes. I have to be changed in that process. And so we need to do that because our minds are, are broken and fallen like everything else on the planet. And so they need to be renewed and, and the filters adjusted and evaluated all the time. And Paul gives us his great illustration. There's a couple of things he's got going on. First, it's the clothing thing. So you can be thinking about which person are you going to be dressed in for the day, the, the old one or the new one. And, and you, you might change three or four times a day or 50 times a day. I don't know. But um, the other picture that he's going at with the old man and the new man idea is uh, a picture of Adam and Jesus. And, and so it's really good for, I, I think, for us to think through that. And so let's contrast the, the first Adam and the last Adam, um, the first man, the second man. First Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven, As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. And and what I want you to do is see what Paul's trying to do with all of these sort of pictures is he's, he's drawing attention to the natures of these two men that we're talking about. And I think perhaps one of the best... Ideas that we can grab a hold of is, is understanding this. See, throughout the scripture, it talks about a new birth. It talks about a new creation. It talks about new life, being born again, being born from above of the spirit. And, and if there's this new birth, there has to be this new nature. So when we come to Christ, there is in fact this new nature that we get. But the old nature's still there too. You got both natures now. You got the, the old nature and you got the new nature and they 're struggling that 's what 's happening in our lives. If you ever wonder why it 's because his struggle is ongoing and the old man the, the, the Adam part of you thinks about self first, but the new part the the, the new the Jesus in you thinks about God and others first, and it 's a significant change and look how it impacted their lives the very, The first man Adam brought sin upon us and brought sin into the world. but the second man. Who was without sin became sin for us. Totally different in the way they work. Now, when when the first Adam had done this, when he'd sinned and brought sin into the world and brought death upon the world and brought a curse upon the earth, he ran away and he hid in the bushes. But the second. Jesus, when he was paying all those consequences of Adam, he didn't hide in the garden. When they came looking for him, he got up and said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. And he said, here I am. He delivered himself up for us. He didn't hide in the process. So significant. The first man was disobedient unto death. The second was obedient unto death. Huge difference. In the way that they approach this life. The, the first. Was made a living being, that scripture said. But see, he couldn't impart life into a dead body. He could only you know, pass life along um, in, in his lineage through, through that way. Um, and, and so he was made a living being. Now, it, it, had he not sinned, he could have lived forever. But he did and messed that up. But the second Adam was made a life-giving spirit, the scripture says. So therefore, he could raise others from the dead. All he had to do was speak to a dead body and it would live. Lazarus, come forth. See, he was a life-giving spirit. The first Adam, the scripture said, was of earth. He was earthly. God, God promised him the earth. God gave him Eden. And, and it was all his earth, earthly. But the second man is the Lord from heaven. And so one is from earth, earthly. And the other is from heaven, heavenly. I told you this before. One turned his garden into a grave. But the second turned his grave into a garden significant difference in the process. Look, the first Adam looked upon the tree in the garden and he plucked its fruit and he ate. But the second one, The son of man, he goes into that garden in effect and he plucks that tree and he carries it and he plants it for us in paradise so that now because of what he's done, we can approach that tree and we can eat of its fruit and have life forever. Do you ever think of that picture of Jesus carrying that cross and it's a picture of him taking that tree and planting it now where we have access to it because of what he's done? In obedience. That's the second man. That's what Jesus did, and we need to understand that. With the old man, it's self, self, self. But in in, in the new one, it's it's not I, but Christ. In in the, in the new one, it's not flesh, but spirit. In in the, in the new man, it's not sight, but faith. In the old Adam, it's death, but in the new Adam, it's eternal life. Listen. What Paul is encouraging us to do, what I want to encourage you to do today, is to Choose life. Choose the new Adam. Choose the, Put on the new clothes, that clothing of righteousness. You put that on and you walk in that because that's where life is found. It's found in, in living this thing out for him. It's the absolute best life available to us today. There's nothing better until we're with him forever. But we put that on and we walk it out and we look for Him and we realize it's not about us. It's it's about God and others and then He takes care of us. And as we get a hold of that, we experience life. So, so I want you to experience that life. Paul wants you to experience that life. So, put on the new stuff. Think about Jesus and what He's done and how that impacts your life for Him. Amen. Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over to that wall here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they're going to make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. And then we can have breakfast and dismiss. Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us and your love for us. You are such an awesome God. Thank you for life now and forever, full and abundant. Thank you for the, the new nature that you've given us. And, and God, I pray that as we walk this thing out in you, not only would we be changed, but it would impact the world around us for you, that you would bring renewal, revival and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again for every church in this area, Lord, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today as well. It's it's a matter of humility and faith. In humility, it's just getting before God and admitting that you're broken like all the rest of us you've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a prayer like that, do it now. Best decision you'll ever make. If you need help, just go over there and ask somebody, I want to know Jesus. they will know what you mean. They'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay, And have breakfast. Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God, so they can hear about your amazing love for them as well. Praise God from whom all blessings. Amen. may the Lord bless and keep you may his face shine upon you, may he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things, encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. Prayer is over there. Breakfast will be in the back. As you go, drive safely. Put on that new creation as you go out in the parking lot. And uh, be kind to one another. Go out, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.